0: What's going on, everyone? It's your GM, Alex, here with some important, unskippable information. If you try to skip this intro, your phone will freeze up because we haven't properly patched the coding. Yes, even if you're not listening to this on your phone, it will still freeze your phone. I know. Blame Elon Musk. First, as you may have heard from Matt last week, we are swiftly approaching the end of book five. The Book 5 finale will premiere on Friday, February 23rd, which means that our Book 5 Retrospective Recap Extravaganza will take place the following Monday, February 26th, where patrons in our $10 tier and higher will be able to listen in live. We'll see you then at 7.30pm Eastern Standard Time, where you can heckle the players on what their alignments should be after the dark deeds they've done. For anyone who can't join us on the 26th, fear not, for the recap will be posted for everyone on our regular feed on Friday of the same week, March 1st. In other news, we have the winner of our art contest to announce. I know, we kind of fucked this one up, starting it like six months late, and then leaving y'all hanging for another two before announcing the winner. We're sorry. But... You can forgive us now because we finally did the bare minimum and can announce that the winner is, drumroll please, Ginto, for his originally designed, 3D printed and hand painted minis of the PCs from Tyrant's Grasp and their greatest foe, Tarbafon. These minis are incredible and well deserving of your new title, Tyrant of Art. Congratulations Ginto Everyone listening please be sure to give Ginto some love On our discord server and check out these Cool minis And in the meantime Strap yourselves in for episode 155 I Spy Welcome back to the Inspiring Competence Podcast, the only podcast made by hand. How's everybody doing?
1: I have so many paper cuts from editing these episodes. I cannot even tell you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to get uh, Matt some uh, some some iron in his diet. All right. So here we are still in Tumbaha Mountain. hasn't really been that long spent. Into Baja Mountain. Kind of feels like it, though. You guys have vanquished Nessie. You've maybe made a ally of convenience out of the Nightwalker Kalazar, who just wants to shut this portal to the negative energy plane that Nessie opened uh, so she can go back to her home plane, not worry about some of her extraplanar rivals using this portal for their own ends. But first you guys needed to go rest. Then you had a fun little encounter with a creature called a raw head, which I don't think anybody successfully identified last week, but uh, it was uh, a little harrowing for Valbar, who got absolutely shredded in one round. But the Rawhead was judiciously escorted out of Tumbaha Mountain and into the Maelstrom, thanks to Utrid and a lucky crit. That's no luck about it. Uh, that's kind of the whole point of that build.
2: Yeah, luck is just preparation meets opportunity, baby.
0: I make my own okay. luck. <laughs> if you say so. So, now you guys are, you're all healed up, rested up, and you're back down on the ground floor of Timbaha Mountain, and you are going to find Kalazar, so you can, uh, close this portal. We ended things off with you guys about to head to the west, out of the central chamber that had the Kumaru tree, where you guys, uh, fought Nessian. Is that still the case? Everybody's... Going west,
1: heading west. Uh, right now, it looks like our genius is leading the way, but that doesn't look right. That's not right. He's a go-getter. <laughs>
3: I mean, if I am, I'm piggybacking on the demon's hide, but I don't think he's there right now. So
0: we are not doing that. No, the Nightwalker
1: is not there.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You went back downstairs. Calazar is not there waiting for you. Not sure where she is. Uh, so, what's the uh, what's the marching order? Uh, me. All right. Marching order is Thalias. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, these look like nice wide hallways, so we could have Thalaias and Uhtred up front with uh, Valbar and Arginus behind.
3: Or, or, secondary option, I could just have Thalias up in front by enlarging him. Well, that is an option. What say you, Thalias? I say make me big. I make Thalias big. All right. Not too big, though. No, 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 you are too big. That's yeah, not possible.
2: And uh, while he's making Tholias big, Uchid's going to keen his scimitar with his um, scabbard, and he will also activate his Ring of Invisibility.
3: Alright, Um, before we actually do that... Um... Well, I do mine regardless. Okay. Some <laughs> uh, I... some magic eye thing, though? That... Arcane uh, eye. Yeah, arcane eye. Do we want to arcane eye this situation where like I, uh, you know, we don't have to risk ourselves. Let our genus just go scout ahead with it.
2: I mean, if he wants to,
3: I'm not opposed to it. It's a. I think it's a ten minute cast time, right? It is. Yeah.
4: I'm totally prepared to let our genus know what is coming uh, instead of my face.
2: It's very off brand of us.
3: Before our genus. Uh, enlarges the lias uh he actually goes oh oh wait a minute uh (laughs)
0: uh i can actually uh take a peek down this hall before uh before we even go down there all right so argina spends 10 minutes i imagine like most of that casting time he's got like one hand over one eye while he's like making signs with his other hand and speaking like chanting uh And at the end of the 10 minutes, he removes his, his hand and like, a like a perfect copy of that eye is now like, uh, like centered in his palm and he just kind of like lifts his hand up and the eye floats away. So where are you sending the eye first?
3: I I do have dark vision by the way. So, uh, if that's an issue, um, I'm going to send it down the, down the hallway, uh, to the West. Yep.
0: To the West. Okay, so Argenus sends his arcane eye down the hall to the west. Uh, the hallway is about 10 feet wide. Um, but, of course, the hallways can't just be two squares wide. They have to be one full square and then two-thirds of another square and one-third of another square Of course. wide Because this is Tyrant's Grass, baby! Uh, but the hallway only goes about 25 feet before it opens up into another room and this large room features large bas-relief carvings in each of its four corners. The reliefs depict several humans crouched over crying tears. The tears grow into corn, squash, and other crops at the ground. Standing over each of these humans are different individuals clad in regalia adorned with great feathers and large flowing cloaks. Open passages lead to the east, where the eye came from, to the west. But after about ten feet, it is blocked off by what looks like uh, collapsed and then dried mud. You think that uh, that was the original proper entrance into Dambaha Mountain? And then uh, there are two more exits to the room, going north and going south. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go uh, north. Okay. Okay, Argenius sends the arcane eye to the north, up this 10-foot-wide hallway, and it goes north for about 75 feet, and then it turns sharply to the right in a 90-degree angle, uh, and the hallway continues to the east. Uh, however, in that, like, elbow, in like, inside elbow of that uh, right 90-degree turn... There is a even sharper, like dogleg right turn uh, that uh, has a set of stairs leading down. Just looking into it, it looks like the stairs only go down. It's like a, like the uh, stairs that you might see on like a front porch. Like it, it doesn't lead down like a whole level. Oh, it yeah. Only goes about like only goes about like three or four feet down, and you can see uh, there's water on the floor beyond. I'm
3: going to go down the stairs. And of course, like, I'm still within the group's range and I'm describing this stuff. So if you guys want, like, a specific location,
4: I can
0: head towards there.
4: Well, Where's our friend? We don't know where our, uh, cows, cows are.
0: Nope. No idea. All right. Argina sends the arcane eye down the short flight of stairs and several tall stone bookshelves stand against the walls of this room and crisscross in its center books bound in metal or thick leather fill the shelves although the books on the lowest shelves appear badly damaged from the shallow pool of dirty water in the room a doorway in the northwest corner leads out the room where the arcane eye came from with a large mirror hanging nearby um can i i can do detect magic through the arcane eye right Scrying Subschool. A scrying spell creates an invisible magical sensor that sends you information. Unless noted otherwise, the sensor has the same powers of sensory acuity that you possess. This level of acuity includes any spells or effects that target you, but not spells or effects that emanate from you. Uh, that would include Detect Magic, which has an area of effect that's a cone. The sensor, however, is treated as a separate independent sensory organ of yours and thus functions normally even if you have been blinded or deafened or otherwise suffered sensory impairment. So you cannot cast unless the spell arcane eye itself says that you can. Sounds like you cannot detect magic through the sensor.
3: Okay. Um, I'm just going to make a mental note of uh, this room and continue back up the stairs to the right
0: okay so you continue down this eastward uh leading hallway you think you're now like directly north of the giant chamber that houses the kumaru tree and the hallway opens up again Halls lead out of this room to the east and west, and you're coming from the west. A large relief depicting two women is carved into the south wall of this room. One woman is wearing long, flowing robes, has a pair of wings, and bears a halo made from flame, with small embers dropping before her face like a veil. She wields an elegant sword in one hand, and her other hurls a ball of flame. Despite her armaments, she has a pleasant, caring demeanor behind her veil of embers. The other woman has dark hair in a massive braid. She carries a thick blade and wears leather armor and a jaguar pelt across her shoulders. This armored woman is screaming at the winged woman as she strikes the ball of flame with her blade, shattering it into pieces. Um, Arginus mentions to the group, like, well,
3: uh... I know the uh the 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 north area here is clear for the next couple of rooms uh at the very least we can uh,
4: traverse the the hallways if we wanna if we wanna move forward a little bit right oh then I start walking forward slowly hoping my team agrees that this is a good idea
0: yeah okay so you guys go to the west into the Room with the bas relief carvings of the people crying, uh, and their tears are creating crops. Anyone's checking magic in this room will not pick up any magical auras. Uh, seems like this was the, like, the entrance hall to Tumbaha Mountain. It was meant to, uh, kind of celebrate the, the gifts of fertility and, uh, like, like the, like the crop bearing, uh, properties of, uh, the Yoli'span forest that uh, the Kumaru tree brought to the people of Zopatl because before, before obtaining their uh, mythical powers, uh, the saints of uh, Yoli'span and all of Zopatl was under the oppressive rule of ancient Resetland. So this was people who were freshly freed from that uh, tyranny, uh, now you know bearing fruits of their own labor. You go uh, north from here or south to the unknown? Yeah, let's follow the eye. All right. That brings you to that northwestern corner. Do you guys uh, dogleg to the right down the stairs or do you go straight east to uh, the other large room with the statues of the two women?
4: I was promised this way was clear. The way the eye went, so I'm gonna go towards the statues, I guess.
0: Right. Well I'm saying you can like go down these stairs here or you can continue to the east here.
4: Which way did the eye go, Tom?
0: Well it went both ways. Going down the stairs leads to a dead end, but let's you know, you you guys haven't seen this room for yourselves yet.
4: I see, I see. I mean I'll ask our genus (laughs) there was nothing in this room? Poke my head in.
3: Uh, well, uh, there, there's, uh, like, a library-looking stuff down there. Uh a library?
1: Yeah, the-
3: <laughs> 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 I knew it!
4: I knew it was coming!
1: What a nerd. Oh, Tiaboth would have been in there in a second. <laughs>
4: yeah, would be pushing us out of the way.
2: Yeah, Uhtred doesn't quite really push you out of the way, but he is invisible, so if there's a library, he'd like to, uh, make use of it. All right. You're invisible, huh?
4: I Feel like I should be invisible. Well,
2: a little
0: late. You already used your face to periscope. All right, so Uhtred enters the the library. How does it work having a light source on you while you're invisible? I wonder because Uhtred's cloak it has the daylight effect. Yeah, it is weird. Like, I feel like the light would still
1: emanate. You just wouldn't be able to see the source of it. It is. It is a weird
0: thing. I mean, I I know I've read an actual uh, ruling on this. Yeah. Um, light, however,
1: never becomes invisible, although a source of light can become so.
0: Alright, so, yeah. Uhtred and all of his gear is invisible, uh, and is also creating the daylight effect.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thus the effect is that of a light with no visible source. That's nuts.
0: So what do,
2: What knowledge do I roll to make a Dewey Decimal check?
0: <laughs> Geography or history? 27. History. The books in this library uh, seem to all recount adventures or fables, each written by a saint or by a mortal companion of a saint. Uh, the books are made of exceptionally durable materials, and many have been treated uh, with a magical... Uh, like a magical, uh, preservative to extend the material's ability to survive the ages. Yeah, the, but the the bottom... the bottom shelves of these, uh... Of, of these bookshelves, uh... all those books have taken moderate to severe water damage from the, uh, from the water. It's about, like, shin-deep. can make a knowledge, uh... Engineering or Dungeoneering check regarding the water.
2: 35 Dungeoneering.
0: You think that this is... The water here is recent, not like from today. Especially just considering how how, how well these books have held up over time and how badly damaged the bottom shelf is. The, The water's probably been here for maybe a couple weeks, as much as like a month maybe.
1: It seems to fit, like, around the time that Nessie took up residence here.
0: Uh, that's possible. Uh, you're not really sure what might have brought this water here, but you think it's, like, it has seeped up through, like, the floor. You do remember reading that Tumbaha Mountain has, over uh, the centuries, uh, gradually sunk into the ground. Okay. Um, so that might have... So something Nessie did may have exacerbated that, and caused uh, like groundwater to swell up into this room.
2: How much of a time commitment would I have to invest to try and find any books about Erasmi or Aridin, or maybe not like the whole book is specifically about them, but like you said, stories and adventures. So I feel I was just thinking somebody was probably talking about what they did.
0: You're not sure if you'll find any about Eredin or Arasni because these are all adventures of the saints who actually came from an age or two before Arasni and Eredin. So most of the stuff in here predates them by a good bit. Yeah.
2: I feel like I want—I still want to take a look through. Them. There's got to be something useful in here, right? Maybe. I mean, if this library theoretically predates Eredin...
3: Did... Did you use Detect Magic on it?
2: I am always detecting magic. That was established in book two. Wow, wow,
0: wow, wow. I mean, the only ma- the only magical auras you're picking up are from any books that have been treated to uh, magically withstand the passage of time. Uh, but beyond that, you're not picking up any magical auras beyond what you would expect on yourself or one of the other PCs.
3: Can we do a... Can we do an appraise check? Uh... For the books? Yeah. I mean, like, if these are fucking old-ass books, might as well, uh...
2: Right? Like, these things have to be, at minimum, a thousand years old. Yeah. Why'd you say it like that, I mean,
0: go, I mean, go ahead and roll appraise, but, I mean, this, this library belongs to Yoli's Pond.
2: Oh uh, really? Because I think I, I don't think it's belonged to them for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think right now it belongs to whoever freed the mountain of. Wow.
0: Okay. Go ahead and roll a praise.
2: I'm. I don't. I. I. Uth, I and Utrud do not have any care on their monetary value. The only thing Utre is interested in is like what kind of information is in here.
0: I mean, looking at these books, it looks like this was primarily like just a cultural standout of just stories of the deeds of the saints Uh, maybe some of them have been embellished or uh, fabricated but for the most part it's just kind of like this is what like a bard would make his life's goal to create it's just like these these are my stories and the stories of my friends and it has enormous cultural and sentimental value to the people of Zopodal and Yolispan. Um, But beyond that, it doesn't look like this library is like a tactical trove or worth a lot of money, except maybe to the people of Yolispan and Zopodal.
1: It it sounds to me like this is kind of like a... uh... A written repository of the Clash of Saints that we saw back in Yolispawn that we witnessed during the... Yeah, except this might be a little bit more more accurate. Uh, Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, the Clash of Saints kind of like the expanded universe of the Saints kind of got a little out of hand in the Clash of Saints. But, (laughs) yeah, this seems a bit more grounded.
2: Alright, well, then I think Uchin's gonna grab three books at random. Because he would... Be interested in knowing more about these saints, never hearing of them before coming here, so...
4: Okay. I like to think that this is going to start a, you know, a legend. It's like the lost chapters of the the good book. (laughs) (laughs) It's just some guy who's like, hey, you know what, i like to read more about this. Let me take this one, this one, and this one.
0: It's actually, like, way, way less awesome and way worse than that, because... There there are copies of these books kind of, like, existing all over the place, but these are, like, the original texts. (laughs) So Utrid isn't getting anything, like, original or unique. He's just... He found a first edition Don Quixote. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah.
2: I never thought I'd miss Tia Blith, but he wouldn't be
0: complaining this much. He would have been on board. (laughs) Not every library needs to be, like, this... Amazing thing, Uhtred.
2: I see there That's where you and Uhtred differ, because to Uhtred, every library is an amazing thing. Okay,
0: go ahead and rob these people of their cultural history.
3: <laughs> He's not robbing them. They're probably safer with Uhtred anyways. Oh, yeah, that guy, he doesn't get into any trouble ever. Yeah, look at the water damage that's already done to these boats. Seriously, fuck these all right, guys! All right. was... <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck these guys.
0: <laughs>
3: You're right. I'm a gonna... <laughs> bunch of assholes. I'm gonna continue my eye. Let's move. Uh, yeah, let's keep on moving uh, to the
0: east. Oh, another staircase. So yeah, Arginus sends his eye to the east, out of the st- the room with the statue of the two women. Uh, down another 10-foot-wide hallway. The hallway leads about 80 feet east, and it's just a 90-degree rotated corner. Uh, now it turns uh, it turns to the right to go south, or it doglegs to a sharper right, and in that inside elbow of that corner, there's another set of stairs that goes down. You can see there's another a uh, short flight of stairs that leads to a flooded room.
3: I hope it's another library. Uh <laughs> I go down the stairs.
0: Please be another library. Please. In the meantime, it looks like everybody else has arrived into that room with the two statues.
4: Yep. I don't love statues. They always seem like they're going to come alive and start beating me up or something. Mm-hmm. Ever since mm-hmm. that You're one like, time when they came alive and beat us up. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Anyone anyone looking at these statues can give me a knowledge history check and a knowledge religion check. You can give me one or the other, or you can give me both. They're two separate checks. And Valbar got a 31 history
1: and a 30 religion.
0: Okay.
2: Uhtra got a 31... Uh, I'm sorry, a 26 history and a 35
3: religion.
4: Uh, Thelias only knows the religion, so he'll 27 on that.
0: Okay.
3: And our genus got an 18 on both.
0: Our genus thinks that these are pretty pretty cool statues, but besides that he doesn't really uh, know what to make of them. So again this is a woman in long flowing robes has a pair of wings, bears a halo made from flame and then she has a veil uh, made of like dripping embers uh, partially obscuring her face. Uh, she, ...holds an uh, elegant sword in one hand... ...and the other hurls a ball of flame. And she's got a uh, very pleasant, caring demeanor behind her face... ...despite this uh, the, her, her outfit and the fact that she's hurling a ball of flame. The other woman has dark hair and a massive braid. She carries a thick blade and wears leather armor... ...and a jaguar pelt across her shoulders. Uh, the dark-haired woman... She, uh, she appears to be screaming at the winged woman as she strikes the ball of flame with her blade, shattering it into pieces. Utrid uh, and Valbar recognize this as a depiction of earthfall. Utrid, Valbar, and Thalias recognize these women as depictions of Sarenray, the woman with the ember veil, and and my goddess. Yes. Uh Utrid would have automatically made uh, his check to identify Sarenray, uh, even if she looks definitely looks different as depicted in uh, in Zopotl. The other, the dark haired woman, is a depiction of Kazutal, the Razatlani goddess of war. Uh, this uh, these two statues are depicting uh Sarenray delivering Earthfall onto Galarian. And Kazutal intervening and shattering the mighty flame to shield her people.
2: Wasn't Earthfall the like cataclysmic event that happened that sunk that powerful city to like the sea? Or they were the, they were in the sea and they were the ones making that. It happen?
0: destroyed the continent of Aslan, and uh, you and you all know that it was not Sarenray that yeah, I was gonna delivered say that. Earthfall. But that doesn't stop different cultures from uh, especially you know going farther back when you know less there's less information to learn about certain events. This might have been an an early like a running theory of how of what happened with Earthfall before more information was gleaned, but it is nonetheless a uh, a very cool pair of statues. Meanwhile, our genus is sending his arcane eye down these stairs. Yes. Okay, so we are. So this is in the northeastern corner of the map, and the stairs are leading southwest. Stone slabs line the walls of this L shaped room, each about seven feet long and three feet wide. Large mirrors hang in the centers of the northeast and south walls their frames bearing elaborate carvings of jungle creatures. Muddy water pools on the floor. A hallway leading northeast is the room's only exit.
3: All right. um, I head back up the stairs and go down south. And of course, uh, the rest of the group, we can uh,
0: push forward. Argena senses Arcane Eye south on the 10-foot
4: hallway. I poke my head into the...
0: Uh room that he said was clear with all the water alright the arcane eye goes about 75 feet south until it opens up into another room and a carving in this room's wide eastern wall depicts an enormous mountain with several tiny humans standing on and around it the humans at the base of the mountain appear weak and emaciated while the humans higher on the mountain are healthier stronger and larger at the top of the mountain stand a man and a woman. They are holding hands, and their free hands rise up to the sky, holding what appears to be a moat of pure light. Passages lead out of this room to the north, where the eye came from, to the west, which leads back to the central chamber with the Kumaru tree, and south. And piled in a heap in this room is a horde of... Of treasure. Oh, yak pot. You can see gold, silver, copper, platinum coins. You can see a diamond. Ooh. A little statuette. Some magical items. I feel like you're fucking with me,
4: right? Be cool, everyone.
0: We killed a dragon.
3: Dragons have hordes. That's, that's, <laughs> that's totally true, reasonable. They do. I totally forgot about that
2: Unless this is like the whole scroll that like when you get near it it's such booby trap. (laughs) That fucking Every (laughs)
0: single item in this room is going to try to strangle (laughs) Utrin. Uh all right, so we're just gonna
1: ignore uh, the the other waterlogged room and go for the loot.
4: Yeah, I uh, stick my head in the waterlogged room like, oh yeah, it's kinda and then Tom starts talking about how he sees treasure. Mm-hmm. Practically push him to the side. Wink. <laughs> <and laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Run down to the treasure room. Everybody else?
4: Yeah. Valbar's
0: following. Yep. Uh, our genus follows. You've seen a dragon horde before after uh, Teoblith lured that umbral dragon up the waterfall back in uh, Verilich. And this looks. this makes that dragon horde look tiny indeed. There are... 60,040 copper pieces, 8,500 silver pieces, 4,650 gold pieces, and 931 platinum pieces. Who, baby. There is a large diamond worth 5,000 gold, uh, an opal statuette in the shape of two serpents twisting around each other. Nito. Oh, neato. Uh, there are two... Dozen masterfully carved silver statuettes of rearing dragons. A plus two shock short bow. A set of magical goggles. A magical music chime. A suit of uh, full plate that looks like it's made of dragon scales. No way. A potion of gaseous form. A magical ring a Magical Rod, a Scroll of Banishment, a Scroll of Disrupting Weapon, a Scroll of Greater Teleport, a Scroll of Prismatic Wall, and a Magical Crystal. So let's do those praise checks first.
2: That's only going to be an 11 and a 19 on Utrud. Uh,
4: 21 and a 13 for genus. Don't worry, guys.
0: Okay. I got a 16 and 11. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, between... Uh, Argenus and Utrid, uh, you identify the opal statuette of the two serpents twisting around each other, being worth 3,500 gold. The masterfully carved silver statuettes of rearing dragons, there are two dozen of them, uh, you price them at 350 gold each. Oh, wow. Um, okay, let's get a spellcraft check for those goggles.
2: 33
0: should right, you identify these as arachnid goggles this leather band is studded with dozens of faceted crystals of varying size two of which fit over the eyes when wearing these goggles the wearer uses all the crystals as eyes gaining all around vision all around vision is fucking amazing uh, creature sees all directions at once cannot be flanked bam oh wow that's sweet that's pretty badass
2: so that probably needs to either go to Utrid or Delias since they're the two up in melee getting flanked people, I would assume.
4: Yeah, I'll take the uh, the dragon scale plate. Thank you.
2: <laughs> well, you might be taking them both.
1: Yeah, because Uhtred has his Death Watch eyes that he likes yeah. to use, so if Elias just has nothing for eye gear, he can just be like, no, nah, I don't want to be flanked anymore.
4: Uh, Yeah, no, I hear you. uh, I
2: don't think Randolph had any goggles or eye slots, right?
0: Nope. All right, let's... uh, Well, before we squabble over the goggles, let's go to the next item, the Magical Chime. Uh, Let's get Spellcraft checks for that.
4: Oh, get to the good stuff. (laughs) 33. Chime? No one cares about this chime.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What'd you get, Utrid? 33. Okay. You identify this as a Chime of Opening. A Chime of Opening is a hollow mithril tube of... Uh, about one foot long when struck it sends forth magical vibrations that cause locks lids doors valves and portals to open the device functions against normal bars shackles chains bolts and so on a chime of opening also automatically dispels a hold portal spell or even an arcane locks cast by a spellcaster of lower than 15th level the chime
2: we're gonna need that in a minute
0: the chime must be pointed at the item or gate to be loosened or opened, which must be visible and known to the user. So you can't just walk around and like just chime, 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 and like assume any <laughs> just see magical. What opens. <laughs> yeah, uh, the chime is then struck, and a clear tone rings forth. The wielder can then make a caster level check against the lock or binding, using the chime's caster level in place of her own. Caster level is eleventh. The DC of this check is equal to the disabled device DC to open the lock or binding. Each sounding only opens one form of locking, so if a chest is chained, padlocked, locked, and arcane locked, it takes four successful uses of a chime of opening to get it open. A silent spell negates the power of this device. A brand new chime can be used a total of ten times before it cracks and becomes useless. So we gotta chime carefully. So that second paragraph made this thing a lot less useful, but... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tribe of opening is worth 3,000 gold, and the arachnid goggles...
2: They're going to full eyes.
0: Probably. Uh, they are worth 15,000 gold. Okay. Oh! Um, then we've got the full plate. Yep. 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 This is dragon hide plate armor. Dragonhide armor costs twice as much as masterwork armor of the same type, but it takes no longer to make than ordinary armor of that type. If the armor or shield is later given the ability to protect the wear against that energy type, the cost to add such protection is reduced by 25%. Uh, a classic status symbol for adventurers, Dragonhide armor is coveted for its toughness. Uh, it has 10 hit points per inch of thickness uh, typically between a half inch and one inch thick uh, hard and hardness 10. Seems like the big bonus
1: for it is like it's fucking cool as hell and druids can wear it because it, it avoids their, uh, it functions like as metal armor but bypasses the druids like forbiddance against wearing metal armor. Yes.
4: Uh, yeah I was waiting for you to say the rest of what that thing does. That's it? Yeah.
0: Freaking what? Well, hold on. Uh, Yeah, and it costs... It doesn't cost as much money to get energy resistance. Um, And you know that this suit of armor is made from the scales of a copper dragon. And has been... Has already... The crafter already took advantage of that benefit. And it has uh, moderate acid resistance.
4: Yeah, okay. There you go.
0: Um, let's see what else we got Looks like a ring, a rod, and a crystal uh, So I'll, just give me three more spellcraft checks
2: Wow So it's going to be 33, 45, 33 And I rolled four 33s out of five rolls
0: Okay, the ring uh, you identify as a ring of sustenance Which I believe <laughs> Teoblith already had and yep. now I think somebody else has uh, this ring continually provides its wearer with life-sustaining nourishment the ring also refreshes the body and mind its wearer needs only sleep two hours per day to gain the benefits of an eight hour sleep this allows a spellcaster that requires rest to prepare spells to do so after only two hours but this does not allow a spellcaster to prepare spells more than once per day the ring must be worn for a full week before it begins to work what? yeah If it is removed, the owner must wear it for another week to re-attune himself. The magical rod is identified as a rod of negation. This device negates the spell or spell-like function or functions of magic items. The wielder points the rod at the magic item and a pale gray beam shoots forth to touch the target device, attacking as a ray a ranged touch attack the ray functions as a greater dispel magic spell except it only affects magic items to negate instantaneous effects from an item the rod's wielder needs to have a readied action the dispel check uses the rod's caster level 15th the target item gets no saving throw although the rod can't negate artifacts even minor artifacts a rod of negation can function three times per day well shit yeah yeah, that's pretty cool that is worth 37,000 gold that's really cool ring of sustenance is 2500 and the last item is identified as a summon slave crystal this thumb-sized crystalline skull is carved with necromantic runes once per day a spellcaster can grasp the stone while casting a summoning spell when the spellcasting is finished the caster may immediately attempt to possess the summoned creature as if using magic jar except as a free action the creature does not get a saving throw to resist, though spell resistance still applies. If successful, the caster possesses the creature's body until the duration of the summoning spell ends, at which time his mind returns to his body. The creature's mind returns to its body, and the creature disappears. Who would do
4: that? Just take control of someone else's body?
0: <laughs> well, it's weird because when you summon a creature, it's usually like under your full control anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a weird thing to want to do, anyway. Uh, but that costs ten thousand gold. So let's well, let's see here. So the Arachnid goggles are going
1: to Thalias. Ready for me? I won't. I'm not going to fight him for that unless our genus really wants to claim those. Nah, no, I'm not going to. All right, those are fine.
3: I will put up a fight for the Rod of Cancellation, though.
1: That Rod of Negation.
3: Negation.
2: Do you need to? Does that work like you, you need to use magic device or rods you just use?
1: Uh, It seemed like that was just like you have to make a ranged touch attack with it. And then um, it uses greater dispel magic at a caster level of 15th on specifically the item you were targeting. Just checking. Anyone going to fight genus for that rod? Nope. So that is a hefty chunk of change to sell for too, but... I think we can probably get some good use out of it. Uh, let's see. Honestly, that chime of opening, I figure we can just sell that unless we find a use for it, like, before we go back Immediately. to town. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with the crystal. All right. Uh, so, as far as the straight cash that we just got, uh, everyone can add 3852 to your money. That's some big boy adventuring money. It's <laughs> it is weird like as soon as uh, they always start with the copper pieces like oh 60,000 copper oh that's like 600 gold yeah (laughs) it's like nothing to us at this point how does platinum work that's 10 times gold yes so the 931 was 9,310 yeah sweet so what do you guys do from here uh seems like the only spots left are to go south so argina scout us south
4: yeah, I was going to say, I still don't want to just walk into places if he can scout. Yeah. Let's do that.
3: Arginis, uh probably while the group is searching too, um, Arginis, uh moves his eyes ahead.
4: Sure. And real quick, aren't we supposed to... Isn't that guy supposed to be around here somewhere? I thought he said he was going to meet us. Yeah, she's, some, she's somewhere around here. I sort of assumed meet up with us meant, you know, like hey, there you are, not
0: jump out of the shadows, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's on me. All right, so Argena sends his arcane eye south down the 10-foot-wide hallway, and it makes it about 30 feet south, um, and you have a different intersection this time. After 30 feet, you can take a right and go to the west, or you can continue going straight and continue going south.
3: At this point, I'm about to, like, just yell out this fucking thing's name. (laughs) Like,
1: it could also be, like, down another level, too. Like, I don't know. We don't know where this thing is, but I feel like it also hasn't been that long. We've been looking for, like, a couple of minutes at this point. It's been a long time in real life, but in-game, we just kind of, like, walked in a circle for a minute and found a big pile of treasure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say it probably cost, like, uh, it cost ten minutes for the arcane eye. Probably you guys probably spent about five minutes in that library just to kind of assess the contents. Yeah, and probably a full minute identifying that treasure hoard. Um, but yeah, otherwise, like not a whole lot of time spent actually exploring. So what do you guys do? Or what is our what is our genus's arcane eye do? Go find us more treasure. That was awesome. <laughs> do that again. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Well, we
3: didn't check that uh, that pool room up north there.
4: Yeah, we
1: did. No, we didn't. <laughs> I mean, we kind of like P12? peeked our head in, but you know, there's no, oh, yeah. there's no portal to the void there. So I think we just kind of wrote it off for now. All right, our um, genus moves it
3: to
0: uh, the east. The west. West. Yeah. Uh, so the arcane eye goes to the west and. You're like immediately met with uh, like a hard left or hard right after uh, just like a 10 foot long hallway. Uh, both directions uh, loop back around and meet on the other side of what was just a just like a single section of wall. Uh, almost looked like it's meant to be like like a barrier uh, blocking the the next room beyond that. does a really shitty job of that.
1: I mean, more of a defensive barrier
0: than an actual like don't go here barrier. <laughs> and uh after the after either of those turns uh circle back around and meet on the other side of that barrier. Uh you can then go west again and it leads to a proper room.
3: Something up with this room? Well, I would hope there's something good in a
0: shitty fucking barrier room. I'm not sure why you're so salty about that I'm barrier. I'm so dude. salty about that barrier.
4: <laughs> now, now, Tom. I don't know why it's
0: there. <laughs>
3: Strategically, it does nothing.
2: Sure, it does. It forces you to spread your forces and split them one way or the other. Instead of just yeah, going head on straight.
3: But then it goes right back into like one direct location.
2: Right, but it extends out basically the choke point. Because you could place your troops here, and as you back up, you keep getting new and new choke points, as opposed to if that thing's not there, it's just a straight shot back.
1: Yeah. Also, that's in a true. world where people can cast fireball, someone standing in D14 could hit a lot more people in this choke point room with a fireball than they would if they were just coming down a long hallway.
0: Yeah, that's all. those are all really good points. <laughs> Fuck this choke room. Um, so yeah, the room beyond the, uh, the, the choke room as it's being called, uh, <laughs> it's just a, I'm not married to that name. It's a, <laughs> just a 20, 20 by 45 foot room, uh, and against the Eastern wall, uh, are a set of benches on like either, like you walk in like to your immediate left on the wall going south and on. To your immediate right, along the wall going north, is uh, our sets of benches. Um, But that's all you can see in this room. Okay. Doesn't look like there's any treasure in
4: here, is what you're
0: saying? Not that you can see. Not that Argenus' arcane eye can see.
4: Alright,
3: well, then Argenus starts heading uh, south. I mentioned what's up with this
1: room. It's not what we're looking for, so... To To the south. To the south.
0: Infamy. Infamy. Indeed. So, Argena sends the Arcane Eye south, and it almost immediately hits a another corner. But instead of that dog-leg right, uh, there's just the singular 90-degree right-hand turn that goes west. That room looks dangerous. <laughs> nah. Uh, and then it, the room goes west about 85 feet, and then it opens up into another room. A relief carved into the north wall of this room depicts two groups of humans. One group consists of bald men and women with their hands outstretched and beams shooting from them. The beams travel across the relief toward the hearts of the humans in the other group. This group is clad in resplendent cloaks and headdresses marked with beautiful feathers, but they weep and their tears grow into flowers at the ground beneath them. Openings to the east and west lead out of this room the arcane eye is coming from the east um, also in this room uh, besides the relief carvings our is arcane eye spots uh, th- instead of spotting can it spy? can the eye spy? <laughs> oh alright Our Argenus' <laughs> arcane eye spies three <laughs> three uh, large sized uh, Feline-looking creatures. These bulky predators' feline forms are cloaked in shadows, save for their red eyes, which glow with a a baleful hatred. Two of them are just kind of, like, lounging idly. Another one is, uh, like, pacing. Maybe just, like, out of boredom or discomfort. But they look like they're just kind kind of loafing around. They don't seem to notice the arcane eye entering. Well, that's not what we're looking for, so... (laughs)
3: Uh, I I continue forward, and I tell uh, everybody, uh, we seem to have a couple of uh, bogeys in the next next room south. It, it, It doesn't look like that's what we're here for.
4: Right, but... Should we do something about it Or just how are we gonna get by them We could go
1: back through d13 And I assume we could probably Just go south So like going back to the dragon horde Go west past the kumaru tree Back kind of the entry room And then around Yep. I mean we could definitely do that But we should probably also Clear these things out of here Because even though we were sent here To take out Nessie like Nessie wasn't the only thing we should probably clear out of here well, yeah.
2: so Since it doesn't seem like they see your eye, why don't you just send your eye through D fifteen heading That's the Oh, he is. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Ah, okay.
1: But he's saying us. Like we could like circle back around if like we find what we're looking for just on the other side.
2: Let's see what's on the other side first.
4: Yeah. Are you sure you want to know? <laughs> yes. I want to know. <laughs> is it treasure? It's gonna be treasure.
3: <laughs> it's Never treasure. No way. <laughs> so when you Fuck guys you. first <laughs> when you guys
0: first started this journey. <laughs> you went You went west from the Kumaru tree Into that room with the, the bastard leaf carvings Of the people whose tears turned into crops And you could have gone north or south from there You decided to go north And you just went clockwise all the way around to Baja Mountain uh, If you went south The first fucking room you would have come across Would have been Kalazar's <laughs> <laughs> So... I mean- We Uh, we, we got a dragon's horde, so it's not a... Yeah, totally. So the Arcane Eye goes about 85 feet to the west, gets to a familiar corner where you can go 90 degrees right to go north, or you can dogleg right and go northeast. Uh, Going all the way north brings you right back to where you guys started at, we'll call it 9 o'clock on this uh, square-shaped map. Uh, Going northeast goes about 15 feet for opening up into a room. A large, shuddering rift of darkness fills an alcove on the east side of this large L-shaped room, emanating a numb cold. Small chunks of purple crystal litter the floor near it. A small hallway in the southwestern corner connects with the larger hallway outside. And standing in front of that portal, looking Bored and impatient as fuck is Kalisar. <laughs> <laughs> That's on us. Alright. Then
1: last question do we just circle around or do we go through these yes. oh, <laughs> undead looking void cats that seem to be in this room?
4: You know, I was ready to kill the void cats, but now that is right there, I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, so here's, here's
2: my thought process. We're gonna have to kill the cats, anyways. Because we're trying to make this place safe enough to bring Marina here.
3: Why are we bringing Marina
1: here? Because so she, she has to revive the The whole reason um, we came here. It's the whole, <laughs> yes, the whole reason we came here was <laughs> to cleanse sh- the place. There's going to
3: be darker shit in here, too. Like,
2: So, here, here's what I'm thinking. When we try and close this dark void, whatever, I don't think it's going to be as simple as, like, Okay, we did it. Nothing happened. Nothing came out. Nothing tried to fight us. So if something does come out and fight us, do we want to risk having these three cat things right around the corner to come and fuck us up even more?
4: Can we ask Kalazar and make sure it's not his pets or something? Uh, <laughs> I
3: don't think they're his pets. What I would do, okay. My response to that is we should ask Kalazar to see what the uh, what the requirements are to shut this thing down and if it's going to take time if it takes time
4: then sure Let's eliminate that's a good these. point you know it's like a process so we can go off you know clearing the uh, the darkness well I don't think we would have to split the group do we really want to do that why are we why do we have to
3: split the group we, we all go just to d16 and then from there if this is a right process, but if it takes time fight.
2: to close it I'm sure it's going to require us to be actively doing something to close it no, we, we, we'd
3: take care of D15 first, and then we
2: Oh, I thought you were saying to go to Kalazar first.
3: Yeah, we go to Kalazar, we ask him what the deal is, like, what, how long does this take, and what's the process. Uh, I'm sure that he has instructions.
4: Yeah, I think just in, in order to avoid a Sandlot situation, where they just go talk to the guy and he gives them their ball back, let's just go talk to Kalazar, get the facts, and then we can do everything that we want to do.
2: All right, but I mean, we're not playing baseball here. We can do that, but that's a terrible analogy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna just circle back around and just go right to Calazar and see what's going on.
0: All right, so you guys go north lead the way, north up to where Nessie's treasure hoard was. You go west past the Kumaru tree, hit that bas relief carving room, go south. Hit that southwestern corner, go northeast, and BAM! It's fucking freezing in this room. And it's not like, like, oh, it's like the biting chill of winter. This is the life-sapping absence of heat of the void. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So what you're saying is putting on my cold weather outfit would not help?
0: <laughs> uh, no, I'm not saying that it, it would help, but it's just, uh, like, this isn't just, th- I'm just saying this ain't your, this ain't your, your, your grandfather's, uh, coldness. This is advanced. It's coldness. his
2: grandfather's coldness.
0: <laughs> I mean, wh- however you want to look at it, it's, it's, it's cold, but it's spooky cold. How about that? Back when it was cold and uphill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you enter the room and uh Kalazar uh watches you all enter and she says I hope you all slept well not with really. a, an air of impatience in her voice. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to
0: breeze past that.
4: So, Kalazar, what about the portal?
0: So, Kalazar explains how uh this rift works. Uh, And the GM explains the mechanics of it. (laughs) Uh, The Rift can be permanently closed or permanently opened because it is a unstable portal. It can be permanently closed or permanently opened with a successful Knowledge Planes check or a successful Use Magic Device check. The Knowledge Planes check is a higher DC. Up to two other characters can assist on this check. The use of anti-magic field, gate, magus disjunction, or similar powerful magic lowers the DC to manipulate the rift by 10. On a success, the rift is permanently opened or closed as desired by the character making the check. On a failure, by 5 or more, the rift becomes even more unstable. And which one did she want permanently open? Closed. Oh, yeah. We want it permanently closed
1: with Kalazar on the other side.
4: Eh, she'll get what she gets, so we'll have to see if we can roll good enough.
1: Yeah. Um, as to the skill check involved, Valbar's used magic device is pretty good. Um, it's obviously not the monstrous check that Teoblith's was, but um, I'm at like a plus 19, which I know is not as good as Uthred's <sighs> Knowledge planes, but it's not that far Alex off. did
0: say the used magic device was a lower check. And Kalazar explains that uh, with her... It, with her first going through the portal and assisting on closing it from the other side, that will also reduce the DC of these checks by 10. Oh, yeah. Uh, would the Rod of Negation help out with this? No, that only affects objects.
2: I'm assuming you can't assist on a used magic device?
0: Normally, no. But with this specifically, up to two people can assist uh On either the Knowledge Planes check or the Use Magic Device check.
2: Well, my Knowledge Planes is at a plus 24. And then if we decide to go with the Use Magic Device, um, I can automatically assist on that.
1: Like I said, I've got a pretty good Use Magic Device. I cannot do Knowledge Planes. I know Thelias can do Knowledge Planes because he's got the healer's hands. Uh, I have an automatic uh, plus 2 for Use Magic Device. How about your knowledge planes,
3: Tom? Uh, knowledge planes. Uh, it's out of five.
1: Okay, so sounds like use magic device. It is.
3: Yeah, because I also have.
2: Uh, well, it basically works out plus to 12 plus twenty six or plus twenty three. If Tom rolled high enough, it could be a plus twenty eight on the knowledge planes.
3: Did he say how much time this would uh, take up?
0: Because like I'd be. Or. Cal- Calazar is a female. Yeah, um and it will require uh, one minute of work okay right. <laughs> you know those cats are gonna
3: come in here well th- you're the one that wanted to leave them Tom so no I w- no this Well, was, he this wanted was the to see how that. much
1: work it would be required to see if we should deal with them first or not
3: yeah we we have the information we could change our minds right now if we wanted to
2: I don't I, I
1: think calzar's gonna be like you're here do it. Well, fuck how sorry.
3: We'll be like, well, it'd suck if those guys came in here and we were unprepared. Yeah, well,
1: we also all have the capacity to cast invisibility on ourselves.
4: Oh, yeah. And Mugren that would last disloined.
1: for longer than the minute it would take for this, and we're not using offensive actions that would, you know, break the invisibility. That's fair. So, precautionary invisibility and
0: use magic device.
4: Yeah, a little invisibility party. I'm, I'm down with this.
0: So, are you all prepared? Indeed, I believe so. Let's do this. Good. And she uh she lifts her her chin up slightly and emits a sharp whistle and uh after like 10 seconds, the three <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me shadow cats that you guys saw come go lumping into this, this. room. Ca-
2: cats don't respond
3: to whistling or commands.
4: Lie <laughs> <laughs> through your teeth right now. Oh, Joe, damn it.
3: Joe, take a hero point for calling that honestly.
0: <laughs> if only you could give those. Yeah, out. seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll give Joe a hero point for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was just sit- I was just sitting back with my feet kicked up, waiting for you guys to attack these shadow cats. And then go, alright, well, we just dealt with some fucking shadow cats back there. Let's close this portal Kalazar. My, my uh, pets! <laughs> my,
1: my beautiful cats! Do you know how long it took me to train them?
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're goddamn cats. Uh, it <laughs> seriously. Ever tried herding cats? How about shadow cats? <laughs> um, it actually like Yeah, here we go. Um, The most powerful creature the rift pulled into Timbaha Mountain is Kalazar, a nightwalker whose mastery over her powerful hunting cats is well-known among her kind. So she's famous for for her kinship with these night prowlers. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been shitty for us to
1: attack
3: them. Holy fuck.
0: She says... Well, I, uh, I will be on the other side assisting, and I, and she kind of, like, pointedly looks at all of you. I trust that we're all on the same page here, and that this portal will be closed once I'm on the other side.
4: Why would we want to keep the portal open?
1: (laughs) It will be closed. Good.
4: Delias nods along and mouths closed as a, you know, like, right... Let's remember that.
0: <laughs> <Close>. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, she, uh, she, she seems to not trust you, like not not trust your, uh, like she doesn't find you trustworthy, but she seems to be acting on the assumption that it's in your best interest to do this. Mm-hmm. But she is otherwise still very wary of you guys. Mm-hmm. As well, she should be. Uh, With one final look back at you guys, she turns around and steps through the portal. All right. Anyone who will be uh, working on closing this portal needs to uh, get up adjacent to it. And for every round, you are uh, adjacent to this portal. If you didn't have an O-Ball, you'd be taking 1d6 negative energy damage, but... uh, that is not the case because you do have o balls, but nonetheless, you can feel each round you're adjacent to this portal the uh, just the the entropy of the negative energy plane trying to just suck your life energy through, but your o balls are just kind of acting as very uh, efficient buffers against that pull.
4: Those things are so useful; they really came in handy.
0: They really, really do. <laughs> Alright, so uh, Valbar will be being the primary roller. Yes. And Valbar we trust. And it's use magic device. Yep. And two people can assist, and those two people are, are Genus and Uhtred.
4: Uh Yeah, I can assist too, but if there's only two people, that, that sounds good. Are you guaranteed to get a 10 or higher? Uh, yeah, I have a plus 12.
2: So it doesn't really matter. All three of us can guarantee assist.
0: I don't know if I've ever had a group that each member was like at least moderately invested in use magic device. It's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So with Kalazar on the other side helping, uh, the DC is reduced by 10. But otherwise, uh, Valbar, give me a use magic device check and add four. Okay. All right. So with the bonuses, that is a total of a thirty-eight. Very nice. You spend a full minute in front of this portal, and you kind of uh, you kind of have to like remove these threads of entropy out of like thin air that aren't like it's not like immediately obvious that they're there. They're just kind of like this like hidden uh, fabric. Stitching this portal into space time uh, that you have to like just very carefully, uh, almost like a game of Jenga, but with but with thread instead of wooden blocks, uh, like unravel this this portal. And it's got to be like a very precise order and a very precise method or else uh, since it's so uh, unstable, you could uh, accidentally make it much worse. Uh, but yeah. after one minute, uh, between your efforts and Thalias and Arginus helping, and you can even like occasionally feel uh, like you'll be going for like one thread. But from like the other side of the portal, you can almost feel Kalazar kind of being like, "No, take this thread. Take this thread." Um, and the threads aren't really like they're not visible until they're like totally out, and then it's just like this shimmering. Uh, the shimmering black strand of nothingness that just immediately like wisps away into nothing and after a full minute uh, you remove the last thread and the negative energy portal is closed and we'll see you next week Sweet. on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast yeah baby see ya see ya, see ya. See ya.
1: See ya.